Today, I'm going to tell a story about four young searchers working together to buy a business a little bit of an unconventional way from what most of you are probably thinking about when you interact with all the content online about how to buy a business. Let's get into it. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Are you thinking of growing your business or beginning a journey into entrepreneurship? Take a shortcut to success by buying an existing and profitable business the right way. Visit businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn more about my online training, group coaching, and consulting services designed to help you win. All right, so this is a story from back in my business brokerage days, and I would have met these people about 12 years ago. Um, but it was the, what got me thinking about this story is I was prompted by a comment from one of you, uh, basically that said, "Hey, you know, Dave, I, I'm young. I don't have a lot of money. Um, I I want to buy a business, and I just I feel like there just aren't many options available to me." And I started to think about that, and I remembered these four people. There were four young men, um, and they were all new immigrants to Canada, and. Um, when I learned about their story, uh, I have represented a business that was for sale and I met them because they came to look at the business. And when I started to talk with them and I learned about what they were doing, I just thought it was very interesting, but I don't think I've ever talked about their story here on the video today. And they explained that their plan was actually something that was commonly known in their culture. So it wasn't a secret uh, where they were from, but it's relatively different or unique for someone in a Western country, probably, because I'd never heard of anyone doing this before. So I'll explain what they were doing. Basically, four young men, uh, they were committed to either having a business big enough that they could all four of them work in one day, or acquiring several businesses that would eventually employ all four of them and owning all of this collectively. So here's what they were doing. The four of them created a corporation and every paycheck they put a quarter of their earnings into this corporation and basically what they did is they just issued themselves a share for every dollar that they put in so if you're fuzzy about how that works if you're thinking about business ownership with respect to percentages i would direct you to a video i made a few years ago called should my business have a hundred or a million shares and we'll put it we'll put a link to it here but you should check out that video so they were all four of them were working and they were taking a quarter of their pay every paycheck and putting it into this company. Um, and so if one of them happened to earn a little bit more, they were getting a few, a few extra shares. So proportionally, they would end up with more of this company. They had been accumulating this money for over a year and they had built up you know, quite a down payment. And so now they were shopping for a business. And they were looking for a business that one of the four of them would have particular talents or skills that would make them exceptional at being the full-time operator of this business. So between the four of them, they had a couple of different industries, a couple of different categories of what they were willing to invest in. 
And the idea was that when they found the right business, their corporation was going to acquire that business using the, the money it had accumulated as a down payment. And the one of the four who was best qualified to run that business was going to quit his job and work as the full-time manager of that business. Now, here's where it gets interesting, okay? So the plan was that as soon as that person quit their job to go work in their newly acquired business, instead of that person drawing a salary from their business, the other three people were then going to start taking a quarter of their pay every paycheck. Instead of putting it into the company, they were going to give it to him. And so the whole idea was that they would be able to basically not have to drain that paycheck out of that business so that the profits of the company could be reinvested in growth or just simply building up another cash pool within their corporation to go and do another acquisition down the road or add something on, etc. But what I found really interesting about their story was just the, the commitment the four of them had to this working together and I think most importantly, sharing risk. Because what they were basically saying is that um, if somebody had to quit their career to go and run this small business, that person didn't need to face the full fear of having to rely entirely on the performance of the business to support themselves. The other three guys in the group were gonna to continue to keep their jobs and that would represent a stable amount of income which was gonna be shared with the one who quit and started operating the business. And so I thought it was a, a, a really interesting story. Um, I have seen other people from other cultures around the world do various things as far as capital raising, et cetera, to try and get into the business game. So another interesting one to me anyway, was um, there was a, a buyer I had met who amongst his community, again, this was another immigrant community, amongst his community, he had been part of a group of 30 people. And what they were doing is um, on a periodic basis, it was like every three months, I think, or something like this, every one of the 30 people in the group would give $1,000 to one person in the group. And there was a certain order to this. And so it wasn't a, a pyramid scheme or anything like that because over the course of 30 periods, everyone in the group would have received $30,000. But the whole idea was to concentrate capital more quickly so that people could make a move, right? And so I, I'm not sure how they organized who got the money at what point, but if you were going to have any kind of entrepreneurial ambitions where you could use $30,000 either as startup capital or or leverage it to make a down payment on a small business, and you were towards the front of that list, well, that meant that you would be able to accelerate you know, your plans much more quickly than trying to save up the money on your own, for example. And so that's another example. And, and I think in different cultures around the world, those kinds of arrangements go by different names. I've certainly heard about it from Asian communities and from South American communities as well. And so the whole idea of this story is just to say that you can get creative with this stuff. One of the things that you always have to be careful of, of course, when you're getting into partnership with other people is just all of the issues that relate to partnership. And those issues always come back to the same kind of themes. It's always about the commitment and dedication and trustworthiness of the people that you are aligned with. So 
I mean, I've made other videos about partnerships before, and I've made videos about partnership agreements and, and shareholder agreements. And I've seen tons of partnerships that have gone off the rails. There's, there's no question. The, the big thing that seems to be a problem in partnerships is when two people who like each other, maybe friends, decide that they want to get into business with each other. But each of them has a different idea about what it's going to look like to be in business. And, and I think the other challenge is that oftentimes um, there's no real test over time to the commitment level or the willingness of the partners to, to do what they say they're going to do to actually demonstrate to the other partner that they're trustworthy and capable, et cetera. And I think that's where some of these stories kind of come into play. So the story of the four young men, for example, they were actually walking the walk before they got to their acquisition period. So they actually had to live below their means to the point where they could afford to contribute a quarter of their salary, every paycheck into this company to accumulate the down payment. Over the course of a year, you're gonna find out pretty quick, quickly if someone's not committed to this outcome, right? Um, because they won't show up with the money. And then you have an opportunity to figure out how maybe how you're gonna get them out of your group because they clearly are not committed to the same level as the other people in the group. So there's a, an ability to demonstrate a track record before you cross that line where the commitment becomes real, which in my mind would be the actual acquisition, right? Because before you actually bought the business, you could always unwind the position. You could say, well, you know, we don't want you in our group anymore. Here's your money back. It's just been sitting in a bank account. Here you go. That's the money you put in. Uh, and we're going to find someone else who wants to participate with us. And so what's great about these, again, is the ability to test people before you actually end up in business with them. Um, you know, I've, I've met some people who successfully have had partnerships over the years. Uh, I've met more people who have been unsuccessful, probably because people unsuccessful go looking for help to try to unwind their, their situation. And, and that's how some of them find me. Uh, I do a lot of private consulting calls with people that want to get out of a partnership and they're looking for guidance and help on that. Um, yeah, it's, it's the inability to test and make sure you really know that person beforehand, I, I think is, is one of the big things. The other thing too, is the asymmetrical commitment. It also seems to be a big problem. So I've had lots of partnership issues before where one partner is like doing the work or finding the deal and the other partners contributing the money. Uh, and I know that in the search fund community, this is, this is like a big thing, like, Oh, I, I want to go find these investors. They're going to put up all the equity and I'll just find the deal. Um, in the, in the partnership situations that I've seen not working, a lot of the times, uh, the person who didn't put up many much or any of the money, um, there's nothing sticking them to the deal, even though they've signed a personal guarantee, right? On, on some debt at the bank. I, there's one case in particular that I can think of where, uh, there were some partners, uh, a married couple and then like a doctor, right? So this sounds like a joke. It sounds like the setup to a joke. So married couple decides to get into business. They find a business, but they don't have any money. So then they find the money partner, the doctor, right? Who thinks the business is a great idea. And so the doctor puts in the cash and the bank requires all of them to sign a personal guarantee. Um, and so eventually the business fails. And of course the people that are broke, they've got nothing to lose, right? So, so they just walked from the deal when it became hard. And the doctor ended up 
you know, having to make a deal with the bank. And so I know that a lot of the um, search fund stuff is all about how investors don't have to sign those guarantees. But the situation of the other partner is still the same. If someone's got no skin in the game and they can't see a way out of their situation, if they can't see how it's going to turn around, people will eventually come to this realization of, you know, hey, uh, I'd be better off just walking and getting a job somewhere, even if I have to go through bankruptcy or something like that. And so knowing that the people you're doing business with are committed, and in, again, in the case of the four young men that were working together, um, not only are each of them demonstrating their commitment to each other through the capital accumulation period of that story. But afterwards, um, you know, I think it would be like a lot of buyers will get the jitters, they'll get fear just before doing a deal. They'll be like, am I really doing the right thing? Can I depend upon this business to provide my income? And that worry gets addressed in that scenario too. Because the person that quits their job to run the business, they don't have to be so worried because the other three people um, who have a job, they're going to be the ones that provide the income for that person, right? Anyway, I thought it'd be a great story. Uh, please, if you've got some other experiences with these types of what in the Western world might be considered unconventional arrangements for buying a business or starting a business or accumulating capital, share them in the comments down below. I'd love to hear them. Uh, and maybe you can plant the seed of inspiration for someone who's looking for a way to, to get around the problem of not having enough capital to do an acquisition. And they're looking for some kind of hack to, to make it happen quicker for them. And with that, I'll say see you later. We'll see you next time. And of course, uh, if you're serious about buying a business, you should be heading over to businessbuyeradvantage.com where you can learn all the different ways that I can help you in that journey. And with that, I'll say cheers. Talk to you soon. So, how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy! Go over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, and more. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go to Mark Willis at Lake Growth Financial, today's video sponsor. Mark helps people better manage their personal and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've seen others use it successfully for years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find all the interviews I've done with Mark and learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up for a free consultation to learn what this solution might look like for you.